Welcome to The Blazes, episode 131. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. Thank you for pushing play. This has been a one-of-a-kind week. You know, getting back to work from my, from my vacation, it's getting harder and harder just to get that motivation to get up every day and keep going. Uh, we're But we're really back to work this week, uh, able to get a lot done for the podcast. Uh, we were able to get outside, fish over the weekend, uh, me and my wife were able to get together with her parents and was able to catch, I'm telling you, a bunch of fish. Uh, we were caught about, I think, a total of nine fish, uh, but my wife was really the only one that caught the only keeper, uh, but she ended up throwing it back anyway. Uh, but, you know, we, we've been learning our technique uh, throughout this whole summer, and we've been we've been really really working hard at uh, trying to trying to keep uh, catching fish. And each week, it seems like we've been getting luckier and luckier. Uh, but I just wanted to tell you guys, um, you know, if you guys are a big uh, fishing fanatic, or if you guys like to to just be outside, I really like to just tell you guys to go check out Sycamore Island. You know, which is only minutes away from Highway 41, um, but at this at at this place, you know, it's really a great place to beat the heat over the summer. Uh, you can hit the water for the day. At this location, you're able to fish uh, on the San Joaquin River. Uh, there are canoes that you can rent, or if you have a canoe, you're able to uh, bring it to the to the spot. Uh, but you can, like like I said, you can rent at the bait shop uh, their canoes, and everything is complete included, even transporting the canoe uh, to the ponds. Uh, but th- if this is something you're interested, it's only twenty bucks, and you get a full day uh, pass into the park. It's a one hour rental of uh, two-person canoes, life jackets, paddles, like I said, delivery and pickup of the boat. Um, but if you wanted to spend more time, it's only a $10 uh, charge for per hour, or it's $50 for you know the whole day. Um, I think this is a great idea. I have not yet to do this, but I see a lot of people do take advantage of uh, renting these canoes at this uh, Sycamore Island. Uh, but you could also get guided down river uh, canoe tours uh, if you go to riverparkway.org. But like I said, I see tons of people, you know, enjoying it, uh, especially when it comes to these outdoors. Um, if you are, like like I said, a, a fisherman, this is a great sp- uh, spot to cr- catch trout, bass, bluegill. Um, but you could catch other fish like salmon or catfish. Um, I, I've heard only sightings of salmon last year, but um, I have yet to caught any salmon or catfish. Uh, but Sycamore Island is, you know, 347 acres of river, uh, which was required in a joint transaction made from uh, San Joaquin River Conservancy, Conservancy and, uh, tr- and the Trust of Public Land, and also the San Joaquin uh, River Parkway and Conservancy. Conservation uh, Trust. Sycamore Island is open on Fridays, weekends, and all state holidays. Uh, But there are a bunch of different ponds uh, created by um, sand and gravel. Uh, There's tons of wilderness, including uh, wetlands. Uh, You'll spot probably deer, coyotes, 
uh, different waterfowl and uh, tons of other wildlife. I've seen turtles, I've seen frogs, I've seen snakes. Uh, but there's been tons of uh, people going to, as of late, and uh, they've been taking uh, advantage of the trails. Uh, there's a bunch of you know walking pathways to bring your bikes. Um, there's just a lot to do. I feel like at the at this location, uh, of course, you can't bring a barbecue. You know, there's a lot of dry areas, um, but I do recommend just going out uh, with the family, bringing the bringing the canopy, uh, send it out. You know, um, the entry fee is only nine dollars per vehicle, uh, with the five dollar uh, charge per trailer. Uh, but this is just a great place uh, to go outdoors, enjoy, uh, you know, our wildlife that's not far from, from home. Um, but there has also been talks that they're going to expand this park even more, which would include, um, I believe, Spano Park, uh, Wildwood, which I've talked on previous um, podcasts, and uh, the Van Buren unit. Uh, but with these uh, additions to the river access, it would include, a, you know what, I, I think it said like 1,200 acres of uh, land. Um, and it's definitely a master plan for uh, the recreation on the parkway. And if, you know, if you're available on a Sunday or um, on a, usually I'm off on Sundays, but if you if you're available on Sunday, email me, message me, um, let me know if you you know want to go have some fun, go fish. It would be awesome to go fish with some listeners. Uh, but this you know, but this week we were able to also check out a lot, a lot of different new uh, new content this week, and I wanted to talk about another episode of All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson's uh, podcast. Uh, this week, it actually had one of uh, my favorite uh, NBA stars, Jermaine O'Neal. Um, and this week, I wanted to really keep you wrapped up in the story of the infamous Malice in the Palace, which I mentioned uh, the new Netflix documentary on episode 130. Uh, but as Jermaine O'Neal was on this podcast, you know, he was able to talk about his side of the story of how everything went down from his perception. Um, not only were you able to hear his mindset about that night, but also uh, what what it made him uh, mature in the league, uh, which you know he had no option but to grow from uh, the the circumstance. Um, this led him to new ventures. Now that he is retired in fr from the NBA. Um, and if you don't know who Jermaine O'Neal is, he's one of the youngest players to come out of high school. And I'm talking, you know, Tracy McGrady, Kobe Bryant, uh, KG, um, and he was that good. Uh, he was from the actual infamous 96 draft, which included Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant. Um, he would, you know, eventually become one of the best power forwards in the 2000s. Um, and after this this brawl, he was really stigmatized um, as a thug. You know, he overcame so much um, throughout time and 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 you know throughout his career, um, and was able, like I said, able to start uh, some new ventures uh, that allows him to give back to the sport, uh, which took so much from from him. You know, I love hearing about his story. 
um, and where where he comes from, um, and really, you know how nothing, um, nothing that nothing so, nothing really defines a person um, for a mistake. You know, he 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 grew. He he actually did his time, and uh, today he he's a philanthropist, an entrepreneur. And a businessman, which is you know so much further and so much greater than um, uh, a basketball player. And you know uh, when you see a story like this, you see how uh, basketball players uh, endure so much when it comes to the media and how the media really affects people's mindsets. You know uh, to these to these uh, professional athletes. Uh, I think it's a great way to to hear a, a good story and also to hear about one of the best players to to play in the NBA. But this week I was able to listen to a bunch of new music as well, and I wanted to review one of my favorite artists. Um, and his name goes uh, by the name Big Crit, and he just dropped a new project recently. Uh, this is a 13 song album which has some great vibes. Um, if you're not aware of who Big Crit is, he's from uh, Meridian, Mississippi, where he gets his soulful style from. Um, I started listening to Big Crit in you know early 2012 with his debut album called Live from the Underground, which I I know is on uh, Spotify now. Uh, he also released a lot of his other mixtapes mix to Spotify. Um, so if you guys are really interested to listen to Big Crit, some of his good materials now on Spotify, which I, I suggest you guys um, check it out. But I have been anticipating, you know, every album that he drops. Um, and I, I couldn't really wait to hear this one. Um, I feel like this album is not like his usual work. Um, so I don't really put it in the same light. But I really wanted to touch on it because it really had no true identity. Um I feel like he just remastered some of his older freestyles, you know, which he laid um, verses down to older um, in instrumentals. But now he ended up uh, redoing those onto his own production. So this album is not like any of his later releases, which embrace, you know, more of the Southern sound with, with trunk rattling beats. Um, this album really embraces our, his artistic side and does not compare to his other bodies of work at all. But I still recommend you listen to Big Crit's newest project, A Style Not Quite Free. Uh, my favorite songs off this project are Ego, Tax Free, At The Kappa, and Game Time. Uh, let me know what music you guys are listening to this week. Let me know uh, if there's any uh, albums out there uh, worth going ahead and, and listening to. Uh, but definitely check out Big Crit, uh, a style not quite free. It's on Spotify right now. And like I said, he also dropped a lot of his mixtape, his older mixtapes uh, this week on Spotify as well. So make sure you check those out as well. Uh, let me know what you guys are listening to. Let me know uh, what you guys are anticipating for. Uh, I'm definitely in need of some new music. This week I watched a new docuseries on Netflix that I wanted to introduce to my listeners. Uh, this series is called A Men, The Fight for America and is narrated by Will Smith. 
This series takes a deep dive into the 14th Amendment, which was ratified at the brink of civil war. Uh, it was passed to stop slavery and create uh, civil and legal, legal rights uh, for African slaves. After this amendment was ratified, we saw all type of different violence, uh, different ideologies and white supremacy that led into hatred and soon uh, segregation. Uh, the 14th Amendment has been seen to be a controversial, controversial topic throughout history uh, with you know groups uh, having to be mar marginalized such as minorities, uh, women, and LGBTQ people. Uh, this amendment guarantees equal protection of the laws, but in this series, you see the true struggle, which how the 14th Amendment is interpreted. Uh, this docuseries really shows you the grim past we possess as Americans and also gives the oversight which this country has been needing for, uh, uh, for, for quite a while. Uh, the series is filled with images of short snips and illustrations that help with the imagery uh, and really boost its um, significance. Um, there were stories such as, you know, the Chinese massacre of 1871, which a mob of 500 people rioted and hung 10 bodies in Chinatown in Los Angeles, California. And I never heard or read about this in the history books or in college. You know, this was a definitely good watch and a good way to teach yourself real history. Um, so check out this Netflix original, Amen, The Fight for America, and let me know what you think. And now let's start our local section. And this week I want to talk about how uh, there is a second proposal uh, for the Selland Arena. And this is a, a big topic right now as there's been... Uh, already three uh, specific buyers that have came with proposals, uh, but this new uh, suitor is from Los Angeles and is one of the largest developers um, of government office buildings. Um, and this LA developer is known for retail, residential, um, hotel resorts. And right now uh, they're in the middle of a $500 million project in Coachella, uh, which is including 11,000 seat arena. You know, this is going to be a great uh, investment, I think, for, for this uh, developer as they've already have blueprints for uh, what they want to do to sell an arena and what their vision is um, to bring to the downtown area. You know, they've, they've really identified Fresno as a market that they wanted to get into. Um, and they're really focusing right now on investing their capital, not only into the building, but also into the surrounding area. Um, they're already making um, promises of renovations that are worth $16 million, you know, able to try to modernize it and also working with um, other uh, networks of um businesses to bring you know uh, a venue that is almost like the same mark center um so this is a great a great thing for the downtown area 
uh, they think that you know this area is is uh, is a gym, and um, they they really want to have their hands on uh, to really make this site into something that uh, people want to want to visit. Um, if you know already, there, there's already been um, uh, the Fuego already tried to uh, pitch a pitch a a, a plan to. Uh, build uh, their their stadium there. Um, I guess there's a wrestling um, league that is also interested in the area. Um, but to me, I, I think it, it should go to someone like this, an LA developer uh, who is going to attract other developers as well to come into our area and really um, see see what we have. Uh, to offer, you know, uh, including now Fulton Street and, and seeing exactly how the brewery district is doing. We're, we're going to be attracting a lot more developers and we're going to see that the downtown area is going to start uh, becoming a powerhouse in our in our city. And I, I'm so glad about that. I'm so happy about that. That is finally time uh, that we're going to see a shift of of renovations around our, our, our downtown area, which has been plagued with, you know, not only homelessness, but just vacant buildings. You know, it, it, it's been a ghost town for so long and we've been seeing it transform into something that is beautiful and I just want to see it uh, blossom. So hopefully we uh, see more suitors uh, try to try to get this uh, development of uh, the selling arena, but uh, hopefully you know we you know we get the right developer and we also attract more developers. I think that's what it's about. So hopefully uh, you know the the, the Fresno uh, Council is going to make a right decision on which uh, person or which business should be uh, taking over the selling arena. Um, I I think. You know the Fuego uh, have a, ha had a good idea, uh, but hearing uh, what what this developer is saying is they also want to bring in the Fuego uh, into their um, venue. You know, so it it it, it could it could uh, help out a lot of these uh, different um, businesses like the Fuego and that wrestling league. Um, so who knows what they're gonna. Um, be able to do with this venue. I just know Selling Arena has a lot of a lot of history to it. You know, as I used to go to the Fresno State games, all the freaking uh, hockey games, um, went to WWF events there. So there has been a lot of history uh, at Selling Arena, and I just want to uh, maybe one day relive that nostalgia. And now is move on. And on this podcast, you know, we like to review some of our local music artists. And this week, I was excited to review local hip hop artist and producer Dr. Inc. and his new album Gravity, which was produced by Paradox. Uh, this group or this drop is one of my favorites from Dr. Inc. so far. And I suggest all of you take a listen to his newest project which dropped last week. You know, I've been bumping this album all week and it reminds me of, you know, the hip hop that I once fell in love with. Um, it has true grit, uh, true grime. And, you know, it's the hip hop that really has lost art. Um, 
Dr. Ink reminds me of Andre Nicotina, but throughout this album, he really switches up his flows and uh, really, really um, makes you listen into the whole album. Um, like I said, his, his style is one of a kind, and to me, it, it really makes me feel like that's what makes him stand out is the voice, his style, the cadence that he, he's able to keep on each track. Um, and this project, you know, is only eight songs long. It's very easy to listen to. Uh, I feel like it's it's not a party. It's not a party. Uh, it's not a party album, but it, it's one that you could play at a party and listen to the whole whole thing and have a good time listening to it. So my favorite songs off Gravity are Doc's Memo, Ink's Paradox, and Little Big City. Uh, make sure to support all your local artists today by listening to their music. Um, and you can find Dr. Ink on Facebook and also on Instagram. So make sure you stream uh, Gravity and let me know what you guys think. Now let's talk about our local sports and our Friday Night Lights segment, which gives you a look inside of our Central Section High School football matchups every week. And last week, we had some great games from Dinuba and Clovis each East, which resulted in a Timberwolves victory 33-30. to uh, Central faced off versus Bullard and defeated the Knights 51-32. to uh, Hoover was unable to keep up with Torres this week and lost their matchup 29 to 22. Uh, Clovis West was a unable to, uh, get much started against Garces Memorial last Friday and lost 28 to seven. Buchanan dominated Kingsburg, taking a large margin victory. Uh, and San Joaquin Memorial was, was able to run all over Clovis North getting a 20 to zero win. Clovis looks to take the rankings this week as uh, they defeated Singer last week, 35-12. to And I'm super excited to watch some of these teams play. Last week, I was able to watch the Clovis West versus Garces game on YouTube and hope to be able to watch some of the matchups this week. Uh, but for week number two for Friday Night Light matchups, um, Bullard versus Buchanan, Edison versus Bakersfield Christian, Central versus DeMonte Ranch, Clovis East versus Atwater, Clovis North versus Edison, Hanford versus San Joaquin Memorial, Roosevelt versus Sanger, Kingsburg versus Washington Union, Sunnyside versus South, Bakersfield versus Clovis, and Selma versus Madera. Uh, if you guys don't know, I'm a huge fan of uh, high school football, so make sure you guys come back for more of this Friday Night Lights segment each week. But while we're talking Fresno sports, I can't forget about those Fresno Grizzlies. You know, the Grizzlies had a rough ending to their road series last weekend. Uh, they faced off against the Visalia Rawhide and tied uh, the six-game series. Uh, the first game, the Grizzlies beat the Rawhide 2-0, to zero, and the second game, our bats were not there at all, and the Rawhide won 8-3. The third game was a scary one as the Rawhide looked to dig themselves out of trouble late in the game but could not complete the comeback as the Grizzlies win 10 to 7. The fourth game, the Grizzlies lose and finally get the 5 to 2 win on Sunday. Uh the Grizzlies 
record remains at 64 and 33. And this week, the Grizzlies match up against the Modesto Nuts in a home series. And this weekend's events at the Chuck are My Job Depends on Ag Night, Wizarding Night, and Sunday will be uh, Touch a Truck Night. So make sure you check out. Uh, the ballpark for some local fun. I know the Grizzlies are going to be hot here uh, this week at home. So make sure you check out any Grizzly games this weekend. And I wanted to continue with my sports segment. So are you ready for some football? Let's talk about some NFL. Last week, many of you had already did you know your fantasy drafts and are ready for the NFL season to start. The preseason has never meant too much, but this year really has some meaning for it for some NFL franchises. Those teams who have QB competitions this year are teams that I'm that are going to be talking about this week. So let's start with the Jaguars. Uh, the Jags selected Trevor Lawrence as the number one pick of this year's draft and looked to challenge Gardner Minshew for the QB1 position. Although Lawrence has huge potential, it is yet to be seen since he has been really had difficulty moving the ball uh, during most of his preseason performances. Uh, but both QBs played on Monday, sharing half the snaps. Uh, Lawrence went 14 of 23 for 113 yards. Minshew performed a tad bit better, going 12 uh, for 21 for 149 yards. Uh, but I believe uh, they will start Lawrence because. You know, he has a tremendous upside. Um, the Chicago Bears are also in the same position with their new acquired, new acquired uh, draft pick QB Dustin Field, or Justin Fields and longtime Cincinnati Bengals QB Andy Dalton. Uh, Dalton has been named week one starter, but it is inevitable that uh, Justin Fields is the future. And many fans have been pushing him to start over Dalton. Even though Fields has uh, not yet to start uh, the first week of the season, this doesn't mean he won't be QB1 uh, by the end of the season. So another team that is having a QB competition right now are the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke. Um, you know, this is a traveled vet versus homegrown product, um, uh, which Bridgewater looks to be the starter for week one. Um, the Saints are another team in search of a QB1 as Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill look to be a toss-up for Coach Payton and the Saints. Uh, but but by last week's game, um, it looks like Jameis looks to be the strong favorite as Winston's arm and playmaking abilities were shown um, on their last preseason game versus the Jaguars. But I believe, you know, Sean Payton will utilize both QBs uh, in his unorthodox playbook. The Eagles are another team with a QB competition right now. Uh, the Eagles are not very good this year, and it will be difficult for either quarterback to really get things going. But this QB competition is against Joe Flacco and Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts will be the starter week one, and I say will probably stay as the season progresses. Um, the last remaining QB competition in the league, I believe, is the New England Patriots, as they offered Cam Newton another one-year deal and drafted Mac Jones in the first round. Um, I will have to pay more attention to this 
QB competition because I believe it is still early to tell. Uh, we have one more game of preseason, and um, Cam did really get in trouble for violating the COVID protocols last week, uh, but his arm and his strength has been reliable so far. So in my opinion, Cam Newton may get the week one start, but it may come down to this week's preseason game. Uh, but while we're talking about the NFL, let's talk about uh, NFL preseason matchups for uh, week four. And there's only going to be games on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, so for the games on Saturday, it will be Cardinals versus Saints, Rams versus Broncos, and Chargers versus Seahawks. And then on Sunday, it's going to be the Jaguars versus Cowboys, Dolphins versus Bengals, Raiders versus 49ers, Patriots versus Giants, and Browns versus Falcons. But while we're talking about sports, I just want to talk about the NBA real quick and uh, the Draymond Green uh, chips episode, which uh, Draymond Green was able to sit down with old teammate Kevin Durant to talk about Kevin Durant's Hall of Fame career. Durant talks about his college career and the labels they put on him before getting into the league. Uh, he went to college at Texas where he became a prominent scorer and was later drafted to the Seattle Supersonics. As a second pick in the first round in the 2007 NBA draft, uh, Durant became a household name in OKC, playing alongside uh, James Harden and Russell Westbrook, eventually earning an MVP award in 2014. He later signed with the Golden State Warriors in 2016, winning back-to-back -back championships. With this decision, he was scrutinized for this, and uh, his character was was questioned, uh, but I learned so much from his interview as um, he wanted to go to the Warriors because he felt like his game would blend well with the Warriors and said that he would make this decision over and over again. Later in the interview, Draymond mentions, you know, his departure from the Warriors and asked if the argument between Draymond and Durant in the 2018 Western Conference Finals versus the Clippers had any reason to do with uh, KD leaving the Warriors. Durant then said, you know, for the first time he left, um, he left the organization because he, they treated uh, the argument like nothing really happened. Also, uh, there was a mention about owner Bob Myers, uh, which later ended up suspending Draymond to discipline him. Uh, but Draymond ended up feeling like with with him uh, being suspended, that that was uh, what really sparked the decision for Durant. Um, and Durant also felt like uh, the whole team needed to address the situation instead of you know, throwing that situation under the rug and, and not really facing it. Uh, he felt like it, it did more wrong than right. Uh, but this interview is very interesting because they talk about playing with other superstars and the chip on the shoulders that they, you know, that they have to play on at the highest level. Uh, they also talk about what it's like to deal with the media and how Durant, you know, has been maturing inside the league and realizing throughout um, his career that his relationship with the media has changed. You know, Durant reflects his time 
with the Warriors and also moves into his new direction with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, after coming off of a year-long injury, Durant made a comeback last year, taking the Nets to uh, playoffs and lost, you know, because of an injured team. Uh, Durant wants to focus on basketball right now and really wants to set himself up uh, to become one of the best players to ever play the game. But he's also set himself up for the future with, you know, his 35 ventures, which was... uh, which is a portfolio with investments into 60 different companies. And I'm a huge fan about these types of talks because it really motivates not only me, but the youth and really gives us a chance to really hear who these players really are. Uh, many people have different ideas, what you know, superstar athletes like NBA players go through, but really none of them really know. And this is the only way that we can really see how it is. So make sure you check out uh, Chips with Draymond Green and KD. And now I just want to talk about the MLB and really want to talk about the pay disparity that has been hurting the game for some time now. In my opinion, teams with the most money are most likely to compete for the World Series. That is why you see names like the Yankees, Dodgers, and the Red Sox as contenders every year to win the World Series. This divide has not been that noticeable until this year. You know, we've seen the integrity of the game take a big hit because of this this disparity. There are 20 current MLB teams with payrolls that are above $100 million with the Dodgers and Yankees spending most on their respective teams. There are a total of 11 teams that only hit the $150 million mark. So that means there are still 10 teams that are under $100 million and four teams that are are still under $75 million. That means those 20 teams have higher payrolls, have a better chance of being successful and making the playoffs. You know, it shows in the standings as most of the bottom 10 teams in the payroll are not even in the race in their own division with the exception of a few. Um, I don't believe it is a team's fault for wanting to spend more money in order to win, but this disparity is the only bad thing because of the teams that don't really uh, compete and lose and tank, such as the Baltimore Orioles, who are currently in an 18-game losing streak. It also hurts the teams who play them, who have yet to play them as well. Um, this is a competitive issue, not only in competition on the field, but also free agency or re-signing star players. You know, I read the union has plans to make minimum payroll for the entire league. Uh, the minimum would make sure teams would spend at least $100 million to assure that all 30 teams are able to compete. If they have this minimum payroll, uh, there will definitely have to be a salary cap or a tax or some sort. And I doubt, you know, the union really is eager to limit teams such as, you know, the Dodgers or the Yankees in their free spending trends. Um, although immediate action is impossible, we must see a better balance of competition. The sport of baseball has been on the decline since 2017 and since. Football has taken its place as America's sport. 
Um, it sits at at third, right behind basketball, as you know, American viewership is decreasing year by year. Um, as sports entertainment is as is a competitive industry alone, it, if no changes are made to this problem, it will plague the league for years to come. Um, the league's expansion of the playoffs last year was a great way to make it more competitive for teams to make make some money. You know, they they have implemented it for they or they should have implemented it this year uh, for this year's playoffs. Um, as it brings, you know, a lot of the smaller markets uh, to spend more money on their team in the hopes of being successful. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to, to me to see what the MLB will do with this problem and um, if they'll really create a minimum payroll. Um, I just wonder if this is really a problem in the league's eyes as, um, you know, this has been going on for quite some time. But while we're talking about the MLB, let's talk about the San Francisco Giants um, who spent a, a number 11 in team payrolls um, last year while spending $162 million, which would be over the league minimum if they were to implement one. Uh, but the Giants last year spent $10 million less and was less successful on winning only 29 games. This year, the Giants spent some money, grabbed Chris Bryant in a trade with the Cubs and set the Giants on, you know, their winning ways. Now the Giants are on a hot, uh, hot, uh, playoff race. The Giants are the only team, right? Or we're the only team, uh, with 80 wins. Uh, they beat the Oakland A's last week in the battle of the Bay in a two, one series. The Giants started off this week with the Mets and will take on the Braves, um, this weekend on the road. Um, next week, the Giants will be back to match up against NL uh, Central leader, the Brewers. Um, and also, the LA Dodgers are the number one spending team on their payroll. They spent more than $261 million on their roster. Uh, their payroll helped them acquire some of the best players in the game and also was able to help uh, resign some of their studs. Um, they were able to sign superstar right uh, fielder Mookie Betts and the Red Sox, uh, or from the Red Sox last year, and was able to win the World Series as well. Um, this year, the Dodgers are currently seeking the number one spot from the Giants, who are only two games behind. Um, and so anything can happen this week. The Dodgers swept the Mets last weekend in a series that started this week off with the win with the Padres. Um, and we'll finish this weekend off with the series uh, versus the Rockies. The Dodgers will find their next week's opponents to be the Braves and the Giants. So we have a big week of baseball, and I'm excited to see what happens as the race for the NL West is just getting started. And the last thing I want to mention this week is the Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley fight on Sunday, August 29th. Uh, this will take place in Jake Paul's hometown. Well, he'll become the center of attention in the city of Ohio. Uh, Jake Paul is inspiring many people by taking this fight with Tyrone Woodley. He's become a boxer in what seems to be overnight, but really racked up three straight KOs um, and is willing to take on looks like anybody. He's known for his Disney show, Bizarre Bark. <laughs> He's also known for his controversies and risky material from his uh, YouTube channel. 
As of late, he has been enamored with boxing. Uh, Jake's first fight was with a YouTuber, and he got a TKO in his first match. Then his second match was against a basketball player, Nate Robinson, um, and that fight was actually part of the undercard of the Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. match, which um, Jake Paul ended up knocking out uh, <laughs> poor Robinson in <laughs> in a minute and 24 seconds in the second round. Um, and then Jake's third fight was against former MMA fighter Ben Askren and defeated Askren in an embarrassing a minute and 59 seconds in the first round. Um, now, this is going to be Jake's fourth professional fight and will be against former UFC welterweight champion Tyrone Woodley. Um, and Tyrone called out Paul after, you know, his third straight win. And this will be Tyrone Woodley's first professional boxing fight and seems to have a new start in the boxing industry. Uh, he's being trained right now by Floyd Mayweather, who fought Jake Paul's brother Logan last year. It seems to have a potential to become a great boxer. I'm sorry, this is this whole boxing thing is getting kind of crazy because you know you start to see entertainers and and other types of people get into the fighting realm and start putting on the gloves and and, and really putting it together. You know, this is this is kind of fun to watch. Um, but like I said, he's being trained by by Floyd Mayweather. Uh, Tyrone, the chosen one, is a force to be reckoned with, having an MMA record of twenty seven and nineteen, and seven wins ending in knockout. You know, he's really known for his uh, wrestling after attending University of Missouri and also uh, his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Although Woodley is the favorite in this match, I believe this fight may be something good to watch you know it definitely will attract millions of viewers so i just want to know what you guys think about this fight will you be watching this event and do you think uh jake paul could actually pull off the the win but i want to thank you guys for tuning in this week you know every week i'm going to be continuing with more and more content i i've been trying to really just start things early and get this podcast on on a good note every week um, I just want to continue to let you guys know you can depend on this podcast every Thursday. Um, please share the podcast to someone new. And if you guys are liking the podcast, make sure you guys call in. Let me know what you guys want to talk about, what you guys want to hear. You know, this podcast doesn't only start with me. It starts with you guys, and it also ends with you guys. So I just want to just let you know that I've been seeing your support, been feeling your support, and I've been loving your support. So, But I would also like to support some uh, local event this week and let you guys know that uh, there's a lot going on still in Fresno. Um, I wanted to just talk about local event, the Chill Suite, which will be Friday, August 27th. Um, they're going to actually have guest uh, selector DJ Bambi, which I'm a huge fan of. So make sure you guys uh, check out this uh, event, the Chill Suite, and you can check them out on Instagram or Facebook. Um, but there's a lot still going on in Fresno. Sorry, didn't really have events going on this week, but I really wanted to give you guys some chunky uh, 
conversation that I've been having with myself throughout the week, you know, with the sports, with uh, everything that I've been watching. Uh, just want to give you guys a little taste of what, what has been uh, on my plate. So thank you guys for following along this week. Make sure you guys are supporting your local businesses, all your local artists, and all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 131.